0: Hey, uh, this is Aaron Carson with Role Playing Public Radio, and uh, we are doing an interview today with uh, Mr. Kyle Cardi over uh, Kickstarter that I am highly interested in uh, for uh, the Savage World Systems. Uh, this is Savage Tokusatsu. Uh, so, Kyle, uh, if you want to say hi.
1: Hey there. Uh, Kyle Cardi, long time listener, first time caller.
0: Happy to yeah. be here. Aaron. Okay I'm gonna I'm gonna correct that just a little bit right now because I'm gonna say this is uh, like a longtime contributor too because uh, you've been ah. with us for a while doing a lot of things. It, uh, but yeah, uh, can you actually tell us a little bit about your work prior to uh, this cool Kickstarter project?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I am a freelance writer, graphic designer, and uh, game designer. Um, the big things that like people listening to RPPR would know me for is my wife, Catherine and I did the graphic design for red markets, yep. which, a big, you know, not big, big to, big for us. <laughs> not to toot my own horn. I think it looks pretty good. That of course, great. like, yeah, I have some stuff that I look at it and I'm like, oh, I could do this better. So <laughs> I assure you with each passing red markets release, it's going to look better and better. Um, just like everything else I do. Um, You might also know me from, I've been on the, uh, I was on one of the Deadlands double shot kickstarters for Savage Worlds. I have written a little bit for everyone's favorite, uh, Savage Rifts. I've done some stuff for N-World. I've worked uh, on Metal Weave Games, uh, Baby Bestiary, Atlas Animalia, and uh, Embers of a Forgotten Kingdom. Um, I sort of do stuff all over the place. I have a couple credits with Base Raiders. I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah,
0: so you're like, run with me that Ross pulled us in to do all sorts of fun stuff for the superhero ones. Uh, but I think that's actually really a good jumping off point because uh, some people may not be familiar with what Tokusatsu is. So can you give mm. a quick explanation for that for them?
1: Sure. So tokusatsu, you, you might not be familiar with the specific word for it, but you're definitely familiar with the conventions of the genre. Tokusatsu is a Japanese word that I think literally translates into like special effects or some something like that, yeah, like special, special film, camera effects, yeah, yeah. special filming. There it is. Um, and it basically means like bombastic action, a lot of uh, practical special effects like explosions and sparks when you block a punch and and smoke everywhere and giant people in like kaiju costumes in miniature cities like all of that is tokusatsu it's It's the shows that you might have watched on Saturday morning. it's the bad dubs of giant lizards that you might have watched on VHS or like. TV when they had first started coming to cable. It's all that and so much
0: more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, going into uh, that a little bit. So it's part of the, the, uh, what would be very much of a superhero genre or a monster genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with a lot. I always have seen a lot with the, uh, style over substance in some cases. So that they just put a huge flashing light on that.
1: Yeah, th- there's definitely some series that are better than others. But <laughs> There is a lot of stuff in, in Tokusatsu where, like, you can have just as much flash and panache as you have quality. Yep. Um, like, I think Garo is, like, more of an adult transforming hero series. And that – it's it's flashy, but it's still a pretty – well-told dark story considering when it came out
0: yeah and uh outside, you're absolutely right too and other ones that might kind of fall into the same one on there uh let's see uh like if you want our personal opinions about it you can always message us on the uh, rppr discord by the way
1: oh yeah for but, sure hit us up <laughs> uh,
0: for other ones right now uh like the guyver maybe is a little bit into that depending on how it goes through it so yeah want the darker stuff uh But in this case, so what was what was the inspiration for pulling from this framework instead of like a normal hero base? So
1: (laughs) not not to not to talk about my disdain for superheroes, but I find most superhero stories to be like so boring and super cookie cutter. So one of the big things that like my group of friends and my tables and I, we really like to do is to play with the conventions of superhero stories, especially like westernized superhero stories. And that's why I really liked Base Raiders so much. Not to, you know, toot Ross's horn, but that's it's a fresh take on, on the super genre. And so Tokusatsu, you know, as a kid growing up, my dad had like a bunch of like badly dubbed kaiju movies. And so I would watch those with him all the time. Like he loved, loved, loved this stuff. And so you know, I grew up and I fell in love with tabletop role-playing games. And from there, it was kind of just like, I had a new group. Um, like my, my previous tabletop group had, had because, you know, everyone was like moving in different directions with their lives. It had fallen apart. And I pulled a new group together to play with, um, and to, to stream our games with funny enough. Um, and the first thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to introduce the group to like the idea of role playing with something like very lighthearted. And at the time I had been watching certain shows on Netflix. um, And, and I was like, Oh, dunk. Like, why don't I just do this? Like, why don't I just do this at, as like a, as a role playing game? So I messed around with some systems. I eventually found, that Savage Worlds was perfect for what I wanted to do because it's a simple system to like teach to new players, but it still has a lot of depth to it. Um, and then it just evolved from there, like designing the villains for the, for the adventure in the book. I I, I think I actually told you this one, um, like right back when I was thinking about it, I was like, Hey Aaron, how does this sound for a villain group? I was like, so it's an intergalactic group of alien firefighters, who come to earth with the sole goal of protecting humans from the most dangerous fire in the solar system they have come to earth to use it as their as their like base for their fight against the sun while they try to <laughs> extinguish it for humanity's sake and just like these these bad jokes became a very real very good book
0: and i, I do remember you talking about that too because i think the general joke is like you know what it's not, not really this all this life really isn't worth all the cancer that you're getting so we're just gonna take care of that for you right now yeah Did it's like no.
1: <laughs> it's like oh yeah like you all need to understand that if if the solar flare comes in the direction of the planet you're all just dust you're gone <laughs> like the monsters really think they're doing the right thing which is just playing with the convention of like these larger than life villains who kind of never really have a plan it's usually just like blow up earth or conquer earth it's like what's the plan after that y'all
0: and i do take a real appreciation of that uh because if i can like paraphrase something from uh doctor who actually Mm -hmm. there was always a joke going around like what would you do when you took over the world you wouldn't know what to do with it uh exactly yeah there's just an after plan for it and and i I'm glad that you put the focus on what would be a little bit more of the the I would say completely bright, but at least a little more fun for the villains and the adventures going through. Because general so hero- or heroics, especially if during the 90s, if you're reading any comics or shows, just kind of took a swerving downturn towards dark that.
1: Mm-hmm. Just got
0: really old after a while. And then a lot of the games, uh, I'll be honest, reflecting palladium, I remember was hitting that pretty hard too. So oh, yeah. So this like, is really interesting to see with this. Um although that being said, with the setting of care, what what kind of characters or settings are the players going to be available or what will be available to them to do in the games?
1: So there's actually Two very different, very discrete rule sets um, as well as a couple of optional rules that can help players achieve different tones because like not all transforming hero pieces of fiction are lighthearted and goofy and silly. Some of them have very dire circumstances. Um, So in addition to the transforming hero genre, which can sort of go in any direction, there's no specific – setting. There is one in the adventure, but like this book is very much a toolbox for building your own settings based on the tropes of whatever it is that you want to emulate. So there's the transforming hero rule set. And then there is the Kaiju rule set. Transforming heroes, we wanted to, to take care of like the type of story arc that has normal people transforming into heroes And then jumping in a giant robot and beating up a giant monster. So to avoid like hit point bloat or Savage Worlds equivalent of toughness bloat, that sort of had to become its own thing. And it got broken up into this very sleek, easy to run tier system where creatures are either like mundane tier, hero tier, or giant tier. And the characters can only affect things of their tier or lower so, like, they can fight the minions just like they would on a show, but then when the big bad rolls around, they're going to have to, you know, transform. Game or do something to, else to get in yeah, there. They're going to have to shift into their, their hero form, and then when it grows, they're going to have to jump into a giant robot. So, the math didn't really need to adjust. You could just use the same monster stat block with, like, a couple minor modifications and then make it giant tier for the the tail end of the combat Excellent. the opposite is the kaiju rules which is very much like man versus nature because kaiju are allegories for like nature they are not
0: animals uh, yeah, they just, are it's forces. one of the events that you're just gonna have to deal with too so uh mm-hmm. and, and actually i think that's important that you mention that too because uh i i will not name this to this piece of tokusatsu just because of the (laughs) issues of legal, but the, the original, the progenitor, the granddaddy of all of them for Kaiju was very much a representative of, you know, the, that's like the, uh, bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki yeah. so it was man. it
1: was directly related to the period that it was developed and that was all about the consequences of nuclear war yeah
0: or in Curses of natural ones with this same one uh, a more recent movie with this particular icon was also going with the uh, uh with the tsunami that occurred several years ago so mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's all It's all sort of interconnected, and there's a lot of that in the book as well that sort of explains that kaiju are metaphors. Like, it's not, it can just be a giant monster if you just want to do like a giant monster story. But so often, it's about so much more than that. So, like, in the book, we have example kaiju that are written out, and some of them are like directly related to. To, to things that might weigh on people's minds, like global warming, we have this this uh, giant like crawfish kaiju, which is one of our weaker kaiju, um, but it is a direct response to like southern global warming and like the heating of the Gulf and the Mississippi River and things like that. As a direct and- reaction, exactly, yeah. like the changes in its environment have brought it to the surface you know, it's left the depths of the Mississippi river to come up and now it's, you know, stomping in whichever direction down the, down the old mist that it sees appropriate. And so often I feel like games like this might get caught up on like just the combat aspect of fighting a Kaiju. But, you know, like we said before, that's not really what these things are about. So much of the, the, this Kaiju rule set is about like reconnaissance and like, planning where it might be going and supply logistics and like, evacuation efforts and research into developing potential super weapons that might stop it while other characters might be leading columns of tanks or just like entire cabins of fighter jets to try and slow this thing down.
0: So in turn, you could actually have full campaign where you're essentially just tracking and trying to fight one of these things uh, as it just trudges its way across the country.
1: Absolutely. Like if you want it to, to st- Like, stretch it out and still have it be very, very full. Like, that is 110% something that you could do with this and just, you know, figure out what the objective of the session is. And you could run an easy five sessions with almost no, like nitty gritty work because it's just ready to go
0: oh excellent no that sounds really cool with that i I love the idea um although i would be remiss and tom would never forgive me if i didn't ask this question (laughs) okay Um, are the kaiju essentially events on there or can they be player controlled or act player based at any point in the game
1: so we did toy around with the idea of rule sets for building kaiju and that might still end up in the final product or manifest as a stretch goal if every other stretch goal gets taken care of the big thing is we don't want to give more than we can deliver like we don't want to robotech our kickstarter
0: Uh, absolutely not no
1: (laughs) yeah exactly like so a lot of our goals are very small and the act of balancing kaiju design could be very difficult The easiest way that I see it getting brought into the game is by a section in the book or maybe like a one or two page free download document that describes using the superhero handbook to design your own kaiju. Because Savage Worlds isn't really like a D20 game where creatures have... Appropriate levels or CRs and, you know, it has this much hit points to be this much CR. It's very much just like a character made at creation has the potential to one shot a character that is fully leveled up.
0: So, okay, that, that could get interesting pretty quick, so.
1: It, <laughs> combat in Savage Worlds is so buck wild, and Savage <laughs> Tokusatsu makes such good use of just how wild the combat can get.
0: And and that's something I also wanted to ask about, too, since uh, we're I was looking through the information that you gave us earlier about the frameworks uh, and the new edges. I, I wanted to talk about the cooperative aspect of it, too, since <laughs> a lot of these can be team-based uh, yes. with, again things that we won't mention here
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there is definitely a lot of emphasis in this book on like the social and cooperative aspect of a role-playing game a lot of the hindrances aren't like one arm or bloodthirsty it's you have a click And if you don't pay enough attention to them, they start to guff you and that sort of wears on your mind and gives you penalties or you're a nerd and people bully you for being a nerd or you're a jock and people assume that you're stupid because you like sports and the, the edges tie into that where it's like, there are now edges where you can dive in the way of attacks that would target your allies or you can, you know. Activate sort of more team based attacks together. You do better while you're nearer to other people. It's, it's very much focused on collaboration, both in and out of combat.
0: And that's excellent to hear, too, especially uh, how the bonuses you could get for working together or potentially using uh, the interpersonal conflicts to make things more powerful in the long run. Uh, Because I I know that 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 can be a big issue with some players or even some GMs finding a way where one person may want a lone wolf, but you still want to reel them back into the game with everybody else.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, it's funny that you mentioned, like, a GM using hindrances for a character um, because there's advice in the book that talks about how a lot of shows in this genre sort of have because they're a lot of them are designed for children and they're to be watched on you know week weekend mornings um, you know sort of regardless of what country you're watching them and a lot of this is for children and so often they will have like a moral for each episode where it's like, oh, this character is arrogant. And so by the end of the episode, the character learns to be a little less arrogant because the monster and like everything going on directly relates to this character's flaw. And Savage Worlds, in my opinion, has built in ways to encourage this role playing in hindrances, which are things that you pick at character creation. And if a GM wants to write Like an adventure around a character's click, for example, maybe that click gets kidnapped or maybe the character's duty has been keeping them from paying attention to them. Like it's all it's all just more ways to tell a more engaging story is and, is really what it comes down to
0: no and that's and that's really cool to hear as well because uh i also admit that my knowledge of savage worlds is very limited uh and i know i'm still going to uh slaughter this name but uh, we played another one where we were inside a giant snake that encircled the world i can never remember the name of this one
1: or a uh, uh,
0: not like uh, or, the- not or I, I i will Shorming ask Dunder? ross at some point or in the notes People can yell at me about that, so I, I continue to forget about this. Yeah, so, yell at
1: Aaron, please. No, don't yell at Aaron. He's no, lovely.
0: I get that one. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, no, that's actually really cool to hear that as well, because in as with the rules that right now to make them more engaged into their characters and story too. Um, another one that I saw that I was really interested in was talking about the design of your own weaponry and armor, especially if you're doing the team or solo hero.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That was something that I wanted to to lock down, and my first instinct was to check some of the fantasy companions for Savage Worlds, but they don't really, in my opinion, have a very good way to make your own magic items, and so I sort of took it upon myself to break it up into – Into like piecemeal abilities that you can give basic weapons and armor to improve them. And Savage Worlds is broken up into uh, ranks of play, starting from novice and going all the way up to legendary. And basically at each rank, you gain a new modifier to put onto your weapon and armor. So that way it improves as you improve. It's not just like, oh, I need to spend an edge to, to get this now. And when if you're done playing like a, a tokusatsu game and you want to use it for like a sci-fi adventure for like high-tech weapons or you want to use it for a fantasy adventure for magic items, it can totally do that too. Like the toyification of these <laughs> weapons because that's, that's why they make these weapons the way they are. It's so oh, that they oh, can yeah. sell toys. <laughs> that's why they get upgraded so much. Um, but yeah, you can use it for other stuff too.
0: Yeah, and and know and you're absolutely right. Uh, that being immediately said, there may or may not be one sitting on my desk right now. Uh.
1: Oh, homie, I have one. On my bookshelf, so okay. you are Sorry not alone. Not
0: alone that. Uh, but I do like the rules too, especially when uh, you're talking about in the, the – with uh, the uh, Kongo Ring campaign where the person or the, your hero will have their base weapon and then they'll go through their like mid or later season upgrades where it's added or replaced or destroyed and – having to be reconstituted so mm-hmm. uh with their ability and form changes so i i love that aspect and it was really <laughs> nifty to see that uh and i guess the same thing is gonna go with the suit of armors too with just uh, eventually how their powers grow and expand during a campaign
1: yeah it, it, it they grow at a similar rate to the weapons and they have their own distinct modifiers that can be purchased for them and it might just be like oh now the character like has A very slightly bulkier costume, which has happened in some shows before, or it could even be like a full like this character might have lost their powers for a couple of, of sessions of the campaign because, you know, the player might not have been able to make it. But now if they want to come back at the beginning of a new tier... Maybe they just have a completely different suit that they got in a different way.
0: Yeah, that they just that they were written out of the story just for a little bit and came back going, "Well, I was the mystery hero the entire time. I was, it was, I was me. I was your sixth person." So huh. say that.
1: Yeah, and like they might even be able to change their framework altogether if you have a, a flexible GM because I am. Very fast and loose when it comes to running my <laughs> campaigns. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll say yes to just about anything.
0: Uh, so uh, with the Simpsons in total, uh, how how easy would you say would it be for somebody to pick it up and to be able to go ahead and do a like a, 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 a one to three? Oh, sorry, I'm trying to say that again. A three to four episode campaign.
1: Oh, incredibly easy. Um, If you want, when the Kickstarter launches on March 14th. There will be a test drive, which is Savage Worlds' word for quick start packet. There will be a test drive of Savage Tokusatsu's Transforming Hero rules. It does not have everything, but it has a pretty good amount of what you can expect to see in the book. If you pick that up and you pick up another Savage Worlds test drive for free, uh, because they are free on Pinnacle's website, you would be able to easily run an entire campaign. Excellent. I would say you could probably squeeze easy 10 sessions out of it, like for free.
0: No, and that's, if nothing else is a deal to be able to give you the ability to see how the system runs, the, the baseline of it, and see what the full book can possibly provide you. That's that's excellent.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't have the, the kaiju rules. It doesn't have all of the edges or hindrances or modifiers or anything like that. but. I didn't want to feel like I was just releasing something to be like, oh, yeah, I definitely released a test drive because <laughs> that felt yucky and gross. So, yeah. like, even if the, the test drive is all you ever take, like, as long as you enjoy it, I'm happy. But I think that you'll like the test drive enough that you'll want to pick up the finished product because it it's going to look and play amazing.
0: So no, and it already looks amazing, and uh, yeah. Once once this episode comes out, uh, we will give full links to everything because uh, I I know I'm personally invested in <laughs> seeing this succeeding uh, <laughs> in, in a couple of ways. So yeah, uh, well, well, you I, are I, I will on. I leave that to you if if you're the writer and I can I can disclose this. So
1: you are on the staff. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so uh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I'll actually let you go through the staff first, and I'll, any of the guests who you want to uh, mention for this particular project. So.
1: Sure. So the core staff is myself as graphic design and writing and like game design. Um, there's going to be more play tests coming coming along the way. So it's not just going to be me looking at it and saying, "Yeah, this is good enough." Um, there is also my uh, wonderful partner Catherine, who is doing graphic design and like the actual pages that she has made, like the things that. That make up the background of the book look so cool you'll be able to see that in the test drive i think i sent you the test drive so you can definitely see like how it's shaping up yeah does it look good be Uh, honest it looks
0: fantastic so okay cool i do do not see anything wrong with it in it and again i'm i already love your work right now beforehand and then you guys (laughs) super work for red markets so we already knew that
1: (laughs) Okay, good. That you know, I always get get nervous about stuff <laughs> because like I want it to be great, you know? Um we have art from Michael Plondia who is just so incredibly talented. Um he goes by Marker Slinger on a lot of social media. You might know him from doing the section Uh, page starts for red markets he has a fantastic style for tokusatsu
0: absolutely and uh he's actually also been at several of the rppr meetups as well and i'm not sure if he's coming back Mm -hmm. to gen con this year but uh if you if this succeeds and you're there you'll probably be able to meet him if he shows up so you never know
1: yep that is unfortunately i can't make it to gen con this year because of of work like Day job related reasons and vacation hours, but uh, it's uh I'm gonna miss it. If you have never gone to an RPPR meetup, I, as someone with social anxiety, let me say this go to an RPPR meetup, they are some of the nicest, most inviting people you will ever hang out with.
0: well, thank you,
1: <laughs> yeah, like. It- it, it, I was super nervous going my first time, but it was so much. It was just so much fun, and that's why I kept coming back to Gen Con. <laughs> you
0: know, and, and, and honestly, it's because of uh, I have to plug everybody else like you, Carl, and everybody else who's come up here. They are all amazing, and we're mm-hmm. so lucky to have you. So, um, but um, I'm going to get off my so, high horse so we can go back to what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> it's okay. It's a high horse that's worth riding on. <laughs> um, we have the incredibly talented Lauren Parnagian editing. Um, she is, is really, really good at making sure like word choice isn't confusing, punctuations, perfect things. Just, f- I mean, I know that it's a word that not a lot of people like, but that things just flow correctly and it's not choppy. Not to say that my writing's choppy, but you know, I might have problems with the occasional comma
0: <laughs> no, no, um, that we're only as good as our best editors. So exactly. Always a thing.
1: Um, she's fantastic. And then for the stretch goal staff, we have—I'm uh, going to get to you last, brother. Yeah,
0: that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have the incredibly talented Sean Patrick Fannon, who on the 10th of March. So by the time this goes up, it's probably already on Kickstarter. Um, he is launching another Savage Worlds Kickstarter that we're sort of cross-promoting together. Um, called freedom squadron and it is i've i've looked through the the early documents and without saying anything it looks amazing like it's so cool it's so if savage tokusatsu is very much inspired by a certain type of toy and media freedom squadron is very much inspired by another type of um gi action figure um (laughs) It just like it's very eighties cartoon, but it's so much more than that too. It's very very cool. It's very very fun. Um, Sean has also worked on like Savage Rifts and a lot of other stuff at Pinnacle. He's such a nice guy too. Um, he's great. We have uh, Eron Aviram, which is the writer for popular web comic Up to Four Players, which does a lot of like how to play. Role-playing game comics in the form of a webcomic about players playing a campaign. Like it's very clever and I honestly have never seen it done before. The art's beautiful. The writing is is super easy to read and very informative. Um, and yeah, he is also going to be doing a a one-shot adventure. He's super duper talented. And of course, I saved the best for last. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to announce, if you haven't figured it out, um, that Aaron Karsten is also on the kickstarter as a guest writer
0: so uh, yeah i, I well, that kyle very kindly asked me if i wanted to do it which i'm I, i'm more than happy i'm just kind of sitting here going like what i'm going to do uh <laughs> I, I will not say this is the actual idea but it may Ooh. involve the thing that i've started to dub a visored fighter so we'll see what happens
1: <laughs> so. i'm very very excited because like tokusatsu was the first thing that you and i like bonded over oh absolutely
0: so uh because i uh, uh, unfortunately with uh, we will not make mentions of this again but there is certain particular series that i began watching in the late 2000s that really got me into it and also things from earlier childhood which most of you will probably be familiar with at least on the u.s side and you know japanese side if you're watching with that uh Mm -hmm. that that involved a lot of giant robots and Things yep. so
1: <laughs> we're drawing from a lot more than that for the book, Absolutely. but yes, that is usually most most Americans' like touchstone for this sort of thing.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I want to make sure, Kyle, that you were said that they everybody understands. Tokusatsu covers so much in this mm-hmm. genre too, and you can get so many different interesting storylines out of it, uh, and how this goes, and what just not just like the general goofy fights, but up to really serious. Dramas, If you want to take it Mm -hmm. that level. So, yeah.
1: Um, And to sort of reflect that, um, we mentioned the frameworks a couple of times. Um, These are basically like little kits that you can put onto a player character. They're not really a class. Savage Worlds isn't a class system. But they are things that you can put onto a character that paints them in a certain way. So not all transforming heroes are what we've dubbed bestowed heroes, which might have devices that enable them to shift into their hero form. Some of them might be aliens or some of them might have been like genetically modified. It's it's not just mechanical transformations. There's so, so, so much in the world of tokusatsu that we're just... We're covering in the book. And I'm... Oh, I'm so excited. I'm nerding out over my own thing. (laughs) That's like... That's the least cool thing a person can do, I
0: think. <laughs> uh, you know what? At this point in time, you need to be excited about your own things. I think this is very, very exciting. Um, although, before we forget, uh, since we went over at least the other cast and mm-hmm. of this, uh, what are some of the stretch goals that we're working through now? I'll go ahead and say for uh, mm-hmm. I, I, the first one I saw for were on it at uh, thirty five hundred was mine. <laughs> so thank you yeah. for putting me at the head. That Listen, just makes you're me my more big nervous. opener, but everybody yeah. uh yeah, donate to it so you can force me to be nervous when I'm writing something.
1: I so. Normally I don't condone being mean to Aaron and making him nervous. But you need money. But in this so. one specific <laughs> instance, yes, make Aaron nervous. He's very, very talented and we want to let him know that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, after that one, uh, what are the other ones? Um. So we have a couple of uh really nice stretch goals that are are super duper attainable like i'm not we're not doing shirts uh we're not doing dice which is is can be a logistical nightmare as you know i'm sure game design workshop has has told you um yeah it's it's easy stuff we're doing uh print and play paper miniatures featuring the art from savage tokusatsu so that way you can Capture like the tactile feel. Uh, Savage Worlds isn't necessary. It isn't necessary to have a grid, but uh, I'm very much a tactile gamer, so miniatures like this really help. So you'll have a bunch of different minions, you'll have a bunch of different heroes and monsters and kaiju. It's it's going to be a blast. We are also doing a deck of uh, print-on-demand cards because we're consolidating everything into drive RPG. Um. It just made sense that we could do a deck of cards featuring art and unique iconography. Iconography? <laughs> for each of the uh, suits of the cards. Um, and those are going to look and play great. And cards are sort of an important part of Savage Worlds. They're useful for like determining initiative and for other random effects. They're very, very, very cool. Um, we also have a GM screen which you'll be able to print out and insert or tape over your own uh GM screens it'll have a lot of consolidated information about Savage Tokusatsu and I have to go through a little bit more of the, the licensee approval process to see what we can and can't put on the screen from savage worlds proper, but it's going to be, it's going to be a really, really nice screen insert. It's going to look great. It's going to be super fun. Um, beyond that, there are other stretch goals that we haven't posted yet because we're still sort of in negotiations. But if we succeed beyond my wildest expectations, um, I will more than likely be commissioning a five to 10 track um, album essentially for Savage Tokusatsu like music that sort of fits the genre that you can play at your home game or just easy listen to um, by Jim White, who is just this incredibly uh, talented musician that I've worked with on a couple of other projects in my past and um, and it's he's just so so good, and yeah, I mean that's that's really it, like I said, we're keeping it short. we don't wanna we don't want a Robotech,
0: uh no, no, and uh, honestly, I really love the idea that uh, in the addition of like the new adventures, everything else is very printable and obtainable for everybody else too, so if you want this or uh, it's like or need this at any given point, uh you don't have to worry about a long wait time <laughs> for anything yeah.
1: There's only two physical products, and they both come from the same printer. So it's going to be very, very easy to get the physical books. And then everything else is digital and print and play, including the three uh, adventures from the three guest writers that we mentioned before.
0: Excellent. So, and everything this is going through RPG, correct?
1: Yes. We, To be perfectly honest, I don't expect to sell more than 500 copies out the bat. And I just don't have storage space in my tiny ass apartment. (laughs) So, so like in the future, future projects, provided this goes really well, um, I'll be looking into, you know, different organizations that I might be able to join and assist with, um, that might be able to assist me. My goal for, for 2019 is to go to Gen Con and have product on a table. And yep. this is the first step into that, and it is a big, big step. And I'm incredibly anxious because that's just how anxiety works, but I'm incredibly <laughs> optimistic.
0: Uh, no, and I, I – I, I, again, I personally have an, a, a, a stake in this, but also at the same time, <laughs> I think this is really, really one of the coolest projects I've seen since um, – I, we, Tyle and I have both talked about this in private, mm-hmm. but uh, we've not really seen anything that's actually tackled the tokusatsu themes overall in a lot of games. We've seen characters that have come up every once in a while, a lot of like self-made ones.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, a c- couple that i I know I've made in previous, much to Ross's chagrin. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it's it's very new, and I'm highly excited about this. Uh, so, uh, and you yeah. said that we the, the Kickstarter officially for this is opening up on March 14th, right?
1: March fourteenth, yeah, okay. and you know, just to, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry because I know that we might be heading towards the end, but like, this is written from the ground up for Savage Worlds. It's not a port of an existing engine. It's not going to get caught up in like the nitty gritty of com of controlling a a shared pilot robot, where like who's controlling the left leg? Like, if you pick this up. Every single player is going to be just as engaged as the person next to them at all times during like giant robot battles. You it's know, and it's not going to be downtime. It's going to be fast and furious and fun, which is what Savage Worlds is.
0: Yeah, and absolutely, and I, I and thank you so much, Kyle, for saying that because uh, yeah, you I saw that. It drives me nuts. Fast, Furious and fun, uh, and you're you're right. Then we can actually end off of that because. Uh, robot combat that i've ever seen in any other game and even when i've done it on my side at some point has been very difficult and i mm-hmm. love the description that you gave us uh how everybody basically takes one part of the whole and agrees on the decision so you don't get bogged down in rules uh or yeah. something that we are about to attempt right now which is uh Mecton, which is gonna be interesting oh but that's a, a lot of rules so i'm
1: so sorry I'm so sorry, <laughs> Oh
0: no, it's okay. it's we're uh, we're 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 still excited about it, but that's something of a death nail that I've seen a lot of mech games is just there's too many details, so too
1: much granularity. Yeah, you still have customizations options for your giant robot, and your giant robot is gonna look and feel fresh. But like, yeah, the way that it it resolves itself is I took a page out of fifth edition of a, of a certain role-playing game. Um, it's just group checks. The group decides on what they want to do. Everyone... So, like, if they want to swing the sword of the giant robot, everybody agrees on it. They all roll their fighting die, like each character's respective fighting die. And then if half or more of the rolls succeed against the... The target's parry, or whatever the number that you're trying to beat is, then the attack just succeeds. Like it's that simple. It 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 doesn't have to be like, okay, who's on engineering and who's going to raise the shield.
0: <laughs> was, yeah, unless we're playing uh, well. Uh, Artemis Command is old now. So I guess that would actually be Star Trek virtual. (laughs) So
1: I love Artemis Command. Like, Uh, don't don't misunderstand. I do think that there is a time and a place for really gritty, granular stuff like what I have played of Mechton. I did have a lot of fun with. But if I want to sit down with a group of players and and punch a giant monster with a pun name in the face, I want everyone to enjoy and savor that punch and feel like they contributed.
0: Absolutely, and that and that's one of the things I really love about everything is that it looks so easy to drop into, especially for a lot of people who may not again be used to role playing. And I, I'm highly excited to see this pass and maybe be some people's first games.
1: So, oh my God, I had never even considered that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, that's some that will happen. That oh will man, happen.
1: yeah, I guess it will. Well. If Savage Toku's your first game, then I'm incredibly humbled. Like, thank you. <laughs> really?
0: So well, you heard it here, everybody. Please make Savage your first game. Find somebody and make <laughs> make that the first game.
1: So. That'll make my day. Like I get I get I'll be happy for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> when Noah sends me someone who like said a nice thing about me on my podcast with him, like <laughs> I'm very easy to please.
0: <laughs> oh God, yeah, nope. We we will want to make you please in this one. Ah, uh, so what is the baseline goal for this Kickstarter?
1: Uh, our base funding goal is three thousand, which we think is very attainable. It will cover the cost of art. It will cover the cost of editing. And then, you know, I might walk away with a couple of bucks. Like, this is, as Caleb will attest, this, like, making your own product is not something you do to make money. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'll I'll walk away with, you know, a hundred bucks or so at the base, depending on how it distributes. But, like, this is just... Estimated off of everyone buys the book because Drive Through RPG is incredibly high quality, but the printing cost is almost fifty percent of the unit cost. Yeah. So but, it's but it's I a guess, balancing act. Yeah, part of the and curtain in the base for a is
0: just getting something really cool out there. So exactly, which it's is it's
1: tough. it's a super fun thing that people will be able to buy like after the Kickstarter's over. It'll be listed on drive-thru as a PDF and a premium color soft cover book. And, you know, I might be able to put it on a table in 2019. That's
0: the goal. Yeah. And I I would absolutely say I bought things through drive-thru RPG. So if you just want something afterwards as well, and tell your friends, get them books, get them involved with it. Absolutely Mm -hmm. do it. And uh, as Kyle's already described, there are a ton of different, really attainable, really cool stretch goals for this. So I would I, 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 if I were not giving you money for my one, I would be doing it myself. So.
1: Oh, dude! I know you would back this. Like, this is very <laughs> much your your steez. Like, I know.
0: <laughs> work from it. So no, and I'm I'm really super excited to see this. So you yeah, God, uh, I'd back
1: this if someone else was doing it. Like, yeah.
0: Hey, but you got uh, to this. Is adverse. just I love it. You got to it first. Yeah. It's your name on that, so that's awesome. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, anything else to listen to?
1: <laughs> No. I mean, if you want to stay in touch with sort of the process, um, you can check out my group's Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash BPB Games. BPB Games. Uh, we have a Tumblr, BPB games.tumblr.com. If you want to tweet at us, it's uh, Best Pal Brigade on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's, that's like the best way to get involved with me or you know you could at me in the rppr discord or the rppr group me i'm usually usually around there if someone like specifically summons me
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah that's always a good way to get around with you uh and also i think i did you mention your other podcast with our good friend noah
1: ah Okay, so like I don't, I wasn't sure if I was allowed to like plug my stuff.
0: <laughs> you're, um, so you're, I just uh, want, you're plugging this. We're going to let you plug the rest of it. Go for it.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so then, if you like role playing content and you like my work, which it's all over the internet, like you can find it if you search drive through or the Dungeon Masters Guild for Kyle Carty. Um, I release a lot of stuff on my Patreon uh, patreon.com slash Kyle Cardy. This month is horror month. So it's going to be a lot of monster of the week because I'm very into monster of the week right now. I made my own, uh, playbooks for it. I'm making a couple of adventures. I've run it for RPPR Patreon games, which is another way that you can interact with me. I run one once a month usually. Um, and in addition to that, I do a podcast with the lovely, uh, Noah Cardin. It's about <laughs> it's about the CW television show Riverdale, um, and it is called Maple Syrup Blood Money, and you can find that on Tumblr, Podbean, you know, wherever. It's on Maple and Blood on Twitter. It's It's super, super fun. The show is super, super campy. And mostly it's just an excuse for me to like hang out and BS with like someone that I've become pretty good friends with um, and talk about a a smutty, trashy TV show. Uh,
0: And and I I have to say both my thanks to you and uh, Noah for this because I haven't lending many to the podcast, but it's also allowed me to understand this show without actually (laughs) having to watch it despite what my girlfriend says so yeah. i you, will
1: you gotta watch it <laughs> I,
0: I don't have to do anything That's true. other than That's support true. savage tokusatsu
1: <laughs> smooth
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so all right uh but no thank you so much for uh joining kyle i'm really excited for, for this me. project so
1: yeah i'm i'm excited too and you know i'm just thanks for signing on and thanks for having me on like it, it's super surreal right now <laughs> everything is just like it's been all of the back end work has just been like i've i've done things that I would have considered like reaches and impossible and like wishful thinking and they've all worked out so i yeah i'm just Thank you. Like nope. truly, truly, truly. Thank you.
0: No, no. And thank you. This is really good project. Uh, but yeah, March 14th. So March 14th. Week. So, uh, everybody keep an eye on that there. Uh, but I think that's over us. So thank you for listening again. If you like what we hear, go to slang slash RPPR. We have the RPPR, uh, Patreon. If you'd like to donate to anything to our cause to keep the content rolling, we do have monthly games, uh, that we do for the Patreon as well as the general content that we put out for everybody else. And, uh, we do have group me uh as well so if you'd like to join and talk to us feel free to get in there but uh this has been Aaron Karsten and Kyle McCarty uh thank you and have a good day thank you I have one more thing though I'm oh, sorry yeah. yep go, okay. uh, if, go, you go. Wanna, if you
1: want to if you want to catch our live streams it's twitch.com slash best pal brigade uh, twitch.tv slash best pal brigade we stream weekly we're doing like a fantasy game right now I'm sorry I totally forgot oh no no, no, no it's one. okay
0: so wait get your last S- one support on
1: RPPR. One. Yeah, like, rppr 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 is
0: the last word <laughs> I, All right, I can't steal it thank you